everybody, welcome back to our podcast, Watch Better Movies, where we like to highlight underappreciated films that we think deserve more praise. As always, I'm Ben. And I'm Matthew. And I'm Colin. And today we're talking about Catch Me If You Can, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring... I just have dot, dot, dot right there, which I think is funny. That that really set you up well, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Well, didn't Uh, you type it? I did type it. I typed (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Was Um, Was that for like a pause? No, I think it's because I, I was too lazy to write the actors' names. Oh. Which Tom are Hanks. Tom Hanks, not Tom Cruise, Matthew. And <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio and Amy Adams and... Jennifer Garner. Yep. Elizabeth Banks. Yep. And some of their like really, really early roles. Christopher Walken. Ah, Christopher Walken. Good old Christopher Walken. Gotta love him. Yeah, I yep. got no more. So this movie was chosen by Matthew, who claims that this is an underappreciated film. Colin, <laughs> do you concur? I would say no, because unlike most of the movies y'all recommend, I've heard of this one. Did you get my reference, Colin? Did you even watch the movie? <laughs> yes, I watched the movie. I made it Did you get my reference? most of the way through. Thank you. I missed your reference, if I'm honest. <laughs> I asked Colin if he concurs. Oh, that look of disappointment right now. Never mind. Is it a pun? Just don't, don't worry about it. Is it funny? Just don't, don't worry about it. I think it's something on. from this Move movie on. that we is both Is it from know. the movie? So, so why do you think this is underappreciated? <laughs> 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 oh gosh well uh, I, th- I think before before we jump into the movie it's good to be back i know it's been a while i know no no yeah. y'all have all been sending us dms uh our, asking us for more our rabid fans yes. oh yeah yeah the rabid fan base um i think this movie's underappreciated one because it's directed by steven spielberg and when you hear of steven spielberg's great movies um i don't hear catch me if you can like listed so like when y'all okay. think of steven spielberg who do y'all think like what movies do you think of when you think of spielberg jurassic park okay Saving Private Ryan, Schindler's List. I'm waiting for the next one. It involves a shark. Oh, uh, uh, Sharknado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. Isn't <laughs> Deep, Deep Blue Sea with Sam Jackson? Uh, open water, but no. What I... about the, wait, wait, no, the one where the shark bit that girl's leg, the surfer's leg. Uh, oh, Blue uh, Crush. Uh, surf, surf, uh. surfs up. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Finding Nemo. Oh, that's that's Bruce. the one. But... Yeah, because Bruce is in that one. <laughs> but, but so Saving Private Ryan's your favorite movie, right? Yeah, I think I think so. Isn't yeah, Jaws your wife's favorite movie? Uh, that's one of her favorite movies. So y'all listed some very noteworthy movies of Spielberg and, you know, he's been nominated for best director on numerous occasions, but when I actually, I I just had never seen this movie and I was just floored of how phenomenal I thought and how, I guess, how whole this movie was in every possible way. And when I went to go see who all got nominated for it and when I thought about how good Tom Hanks was and DiCaprio was and they, neither one of them were nominated, when I saw that Spielberg wasn't nominated, when I saw it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, like I, I was just blown away that a director of this acclaim, in my opinion, putting together maybe, it's too hard to say this, but I mean, I give this like five out of five stars and, and I don't normally do that, but I find this to be like masterwork of one of the best directors of all time and I feel I like no agree. one mentioned this, no one mentions it as a great movie or one of his great movies. Um, and, and I, I just, that to me, I, I, that's why I found it to be underappreciated. Um, I think I, I don't initially find it underappreciated because it's, uh, you know, the, the leads and like every, I feel like a lot of people have seen this movie. Um, it, it is kind of old now. Well, I mean, like, I just well, saw I get Jaws your, last but, week. <laughs> I get, I, I, I get your point that. about Spielberg. I do. I don't. And I think, I mean, this is obviously a, younger DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. It is. Sure. Yeah. So and John Williams. Yeah, oh, gosh. Colin it's, has made the claim that bad. any film that John Williams does the score of is a good movie. 
think any score he does is a good score. I think, I think that is I think what his needs score, to be scored. I think his scores are good enough to make terrible movies average movies. Okay. That Yeah, yeah. That I agree. That is sure. a better I can, I concur. more well-rounded statement, Colin. Do you concur, Matthew? I I'm too much of I need to actually go look and see what all John Williams has done, but yes, I tend to find that to be a true statement anecdotally. Mm. What the heck's this movie about, Ben? When he was posing as a doctor, he asked everyone if they concurred without knowing what the word concur means. Ah, mm. my memory's bad. I watched this weeks ago, maybe a month ago when we planned on doing it, and then we just kept delaying it. So, Also, the person who chooses the movie usually does the synopsis. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so. so you see what happens here. <laughs> this has been a long time, so let, let's have fun with it. So you have Leonardo DiCaprio's character, who is Frank Abagnale. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the reasons I like this movie is it's a thriller, but it's also emotional and it's also humorous. And it really starts off in an emotional place to where you see his father, um, who I guess was pretty successful financially. I can't remember exactly what his dad was good at, what, what, what it was that helped him be successful. But I forgot to actually. But he was conning. Yes, he was, he was also fraudulent. Which I think is interesting. And, and there's this. He, was a, he did tax fraud. Okay. That's right. And there's this scene that uh, it's almost like bookending, uh, Ben, but maybe it's not always book, but the, you know that there's a significant moment, and you can just tell by the slowing of the pacing of the camera when you watch this moment where you don't really know that his dad is a con artist, but you watch him try to get into this store to get a suit for Leonardo DiCaprio's yeah. son. And he uses this moment where he pulls this necklace like out of his pocket and asks this. You know, this lady who works at the store, the store's not open yet or is closing, if that is hers. And you can tell that this is not the first time that he's done this. And you can see how Leonardo is enamored by this moment and that this is something that's going to turn into something more, which it obviously does. And, you know, to sum it up a little bit is that basically you see, you know, his father get caught. You see ultimately that, um, you know, his parents' marriage is falling apart and it destroys him. Like you watch this grief of how old was he? Do we? Do we know how old he is at the beginning? I, I have no clue, but he uh, looks young. Like yeah. he was, He's in high school because remember there's- Yes, he was in high school. school so and you know, kid. his response to his parents' divorce is like quite literally to run away. Right. And so he runs away and basically, you know, he doesn't run to live with his mother. He doesn't run to live with his father. He just like runs away from the divorce of this almost to escape the reality that it's real. And what you realize is that he then becomes a con artist himself and- I think that his goal is somehow I can do this. There's almost this like moral reason behind his reasoning at first mm-hmm. to that I'm going to try to get enough money so that I can save my parents' marriage so that I can almost fix mm. the amount of IRS debt, I guess, or fraudulent. Like, I mean, he was trying to fix his parents' marriage. Right. And then what you have is, didn't they say like that this is like the biggest or longest um, the FBI ever like pursued like a con artist? Um, I mean, it... it Real life or in the movie? Like real life. Like, I mean, like, because like, this I is based know. on a true story. Right, yeah. Um, and the, the amount of millions of dollars that he basically, through learning how to make fake checks, um, and then ultimately learning to, you know, be a fake <laughs> pilot, uh, and learning how to be a fake doctor, and ultimately learning to be a fake lawyer, um, you, you go on this long, long journey of him running from the FBI, and ultimately the FBI that... Um, you know, while Frank Abagnale, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, is a real person in real life, um, the person Tom Hanks plays is this main. Uh, what was he was he was in the fraud department, who typically would not actually be out chasing people down with a gun, um, <laughs> but ultimately, you know, he gets out and he goes and he he's based on a fictitious combination of a bunch of FBI agents that followed him. But basically, you watch this development of a relationship that happens between 
this FBI agent is pursuing this young man who is ultimately running away from his problems through trying to, you know, con everybody. And they ultimately develop this relationship, which I think is the thing that I really appreciate so much about this film, is these two lonely people, one chasing the other, ultimately find some sense of camaraderie in each other. And we can get to the spoilers later, but that's ultimately, I guess, in a nutshell, what this story is ultimately about. Is that is that a decent synopsis, yeah, Ben? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you did, a, actually, a surprisingly good job. What do you mean, actually? <laughs> I mean, considering I watched this a month ago, I, I thought it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, ben, ben, what did you what did you think of this film? I agree with you. Um, I concur. I think... Uh, Touche. <laughs> I, I love the relationship between the two, uh, the protagonist and the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost hard to even call him an antagonist. Yeah, but he is antagonistic. <laughs> yes, I'm not. Yes. I'm not saying he's a villain. No one is really a villain. You're almost empathetic to him, but man. yeah. I mean, he's it's... definitely wrong. He's stealing millions of dollars, but your heart sure. goes out to him. Well, actually, I think he's the protagonist. Oh my! Because he's the one we mm. empathize with. That's a big statement. Well, yeah, yeah. I, have to, I think. I think absolutely. He's the he's the protagonist because we follow him more, and the uh, and Tom mm. Hanks is the antagonist. It, I'm not saying hero and villain. I'm saying protagonist and antagonist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's the anti- the antagonistic force that um, challenges the hero. So in in that regard, what what my <laughs> mind is blown right now. <laughs> One, I don't know that I could have even. Do Do you think every story, like, is it like by nature to a story or narrative that it has to have a protagonist and antagonist? Yeah. Not only every story, every scene. Every we, scene does. Correct, because every story thrives on conflict. If you have a scene where two, let's. Very simple scene. Two people are talking in a diner or a restaurant. One is speaking about something. The other is disagreeing or challenging them, right? If not, there is no story. So there is a there is a protagonist and an antagonist in every scene, well, I technically. Mean, I, I think of like some movies that are heavy dialogue movies where they're not even necessarily disagreeing, but they're even having conversation well, about things that they... can be an, an idea like it can be yep it could be an idea yeah, it could the, be something the two people the two actors don't have to be opposing but that was just an example like, so yeah. an antagonist does not have to be a, a person a human it can be a a thought a issue but a for the sake of like disease. talking for the sake of talking about like specific scenes or instances yeah huh correct okay this is definitely not where i thought this was going i, <laughs> I, I guess like Genuinely, in my mind, I thought if there was an antagonist, even though I didn't want to see him this way, I would have thought of Leo as the antagonist because he was the one doing the crime. And ultimately, Tom was the quote unquote, like ethically right person, if you will, by law. Sure. Well, the protagonist isn't always the ethically right person. Oh my god! I'm more so talking about in the format of the story. That's we, fine. I just always more... thought I thought of a protagonist. I mean, think of like the, the good Joker. person. What was it? The movie about the Joker? Like he's the protagonist, but he yeah, but the... he's a bad guy. Yeah, but he is the protagonist. So a protagonist isn't always the good so guy. So in the movie it Joker, means... Joker is the protagonist. Yes, because the protagonist is the person that we follow, the person that we empathize with, the person that we spend the most time with, we as the audience. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, then I think Spielberg did something really brilliant then because oh, yeah. if the protagonist is the person you empathize with, I almost found myself empathizing with both of them. Absolutely. Yeah, I think well, that, I think yeah. he did that very well, um, especially since this is mostly true like that was he's he's really good at taking stories that are really good stories on their own like true stories on yeah. their own and making them fit for the screen and make without and being not too that, too absurd yeah not being too absurd but not only that making them realistic and uh giving the characters who are based on real people 
um, very cinematic uh, arcs, you know? Yeah, didn't you know Jurassic Park was based on a true story? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would love to visit Isla Sorna. <laughs> so what's interesting about this true story is, I mean, I, I don't think most filmgoers understand the process that takes place for the rights of a story to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is based on a true story. And in 1981, it was originally announced that the story would be filmed and that Frank would be played by Dustin Hoffman. Like this story has been in the works to be turned into film since before any of us were alive, um, which is just interesting to see how long it takes for production and for things to actually get off the ground. Um, and I do think that what makes this movie, I mean, I, I want to give credit to Spielberg, but I think that the, the acting job of Leo and Tom Hanks is phenomenal. And something that I always like to look at IMDb is to see like, hey, like who else was originally desired to be said characters? And Spielberg's original choice um, was for Leo's character to be Johnny Depp. Ugh. And his original <laughs> his original choice for Tom Hanks character was James Gandolfini. Wait, you don't oh. wait, re- rewind. You don't you don't like Johnny Depp? I just don't think he'd, he'd be right for this role. Okay, but sorry that no offense to Johnny Depp, I just don't think. What about James Gandolfini instead of Tom Hanks? You've been, uh, you've, you've gone through the Sopranos. I mean, I, I'm just not sure that I don't see him being the empathetic character that Tom Hanks. I think he totally yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. He's he just got, seems too dumb. So like range. Tom's character here is kind of a passive. I don't know. Like he's not a strong character. Like it, he's like this weak person that ends up portraying. Like realize he no one actually has any confidence he's going to find this guy. Like they keep trying to take the case from him. He's like this guy that's supposed to be like behind the desk. He's not a dominating force, which I think that's cool about Tom is Tom can play roles where he is strong and then he can also play like this kind of uh, more passive, weakish seeming character. Whereas sure. I feel like James Gandolfini is like, he's just a big freaking intimidating kind of character. I feel like. Well, that's because. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're kind of, I'm sure you're already ju- judging him for. Well, how can I not uh, judge? Exactly. Uh, so I wonder if that. I've if also that seen a, uh, just, uh, what was it? Enough said, which was like a chick flick he was in, which was, which was. I wonder phenomenal. if that had, if it, I wonder if that had like the, I wonder if that was the reason though. Like if they were like, well, it's not that we don't like him. It's that we don't want the audience to, to already have this preconceived notion or preconceived like view of him. That's already intimidating, you know, because of the Sopranos. Yeah. Well, that's probably it. I mean, when did the Sopranos come out? It was around the same time, right? It came out in uh, 1999, and then it ended. The production in of this started in 97. Okay. Okay. So really, did so you find? So I mean, when I, I I was I actually did not know when I was watching this originally. This was based on a true story. Now maybe it said it at the beginning, and I missed that. But did I mean? Is it not mind-boggling? Like, did you find it almost unbelievable that this could oh, actually yeah. be a true story? Oh, 100 percent. Like, what oh, aspects yeah. did you find to be like most? <laughs> seemingly impossible of this young teenage boy well i love the scene where um hanks where him and hanks first meet yes because he just he's so smooth and just like talks him down he's like no i'm you know a secret agent like he just (laughs) completely just like he poses as a cia right yes well because he ended up service Uh, yeah secret service secret Secret service yeah yeah which that's weird. Why would secrets? <laughs> First off, what a terrible FBI agent oh. at that moment. Like, why would the Secret Service be actually? And did you notice that his that he he said my name is Barry Allen? Yes. Which is the Flash. Yes. And didn't he also <laughs> uh, also use I other names it. of superheroes? Yeah, he did. He used some DC heroes. Which showed almost that like innocent that teenager, yeah. like, yeah. hey, I'm playing a joke on everybody kind of thing. You I mean, gotta admire the talent, though. Oh, one hundred percent. No, I do admire the talent, and I, I guess mean. I never understood how easy uh, it was to get away fake checks back in the day. <laughs> oh, a lot of things were easy in the '60s for if you were a white man. 
Ooh, oh, that got deep. Just saying. <laughs> Sorry, I'm watching Mad Men right now. So <laughs> realizing just how much of a nightmare the 60s were. I've never seen Mad Men before. It's great, but sometimes it's depressing. <laughs> Seemingly, you and I have a trend of watching depressing things. Yeah. I, I do think that... What about like the choice of him trying to become a a pilot? Like, do you almost feel like he was able to pull this off because well, he had like the kid like innocence to think anything was possible? I think it's all. I think maybe even talking about like development over the movie is how he became a pilot. Like, wasn't like mainly because he was enamored with just some of what they got, like seeing the yeah. extravagant lifestyle of pilots and stuff like that. And like, sure. you know, I think just a you know boy chasing opportunity like oh yeah let me do that and i think did he did he success, did he, did he sure. become success, a pilot yeah. before he started yeah. faking checks or did he was that like i can't I remember which remember. order that came in because like that would be interesting because i mean i think that his job choice there was really noteworthy because like he was running away from his problems and what what more could you do to run away from your problems yeah. and fly over everywhere i think the pilot thing came before the check thing yeah he also found a way to use his charm um, mm-hmm. When it came to and everything, yes, really, yeah, <laughs> he was very good at it. That that kind of goes to show, though. Like, I wonder if there is a lot of truth to that, where it's like if you're not only confident enough, but also good looking enough and charming enough that you can just kind of. He tried to do the checks before. He tried to do the checks before <laughs> well, the so. movie or the airline, but was unsuccessful. Okay, and then I think he saw when he was trying to fake a check or something. He saw like a pilot come in. Yeah, and, exactly. And like actually see how easy like the cashing of that was. But I do think that sometimes we, Leo's character shows that the power of manipulation, um, like what leads to someone being successful at that. I mean, one, I think it takes the audacity to actually, like, I think for me, like, I would just never think I could pull, like pull it off. It takes like a very confident person <laughs> yeah. to like actually like think, oh, this is possible. Yeah. Um, which like as a faithful person, like I don't have faith that I could con people, but like just even wanting to be more confident as individuals, I'm like. He just literally thought he could do this. And I don't know if it's because I'm 37 now and he was a teenager, but as a teenager, I do think I used to think like, no, oh, things were thousand percent. Like, I think that definitely plays into it. Uh, the other irony of it is that he um, is a person who, because he's not only because he's young, but also because of how he grew up and where he's at in his life, he doesn't really know who he is. It's true. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's easier for him to assume a different identity. Yeah. What about when he would come back and like visit his father, Christopher Walken, like in this process of him being successful? Yeah. Like, do you, I, I, I found it was kind of odd that I don't feel like he ever told his dad really what he was doing. It's no. like, hey, dad, I'm a pilot. Hey, dad, I'm doing these things. And I mean, do you, you think his dad knew? I mean, I, I think you, I think he That's had a good to question. Know. Like, I almost felt like you could tell I Christopher Walken's eyes that like he knew yeah. he was doing this. Well, if he was a con artist himself, like. But yeah. like, but the weird thing was, is in those moments of interaction, they never, no one ever came to yeah. the actual truth of what was happening. Yeah. And, and so, but like, let's talk more about like the relationship that builds. And I, I think the phone calls at Christmas are. That's my favorite scene. Noteworthy. And yeah, so, one of my favorite scenes. I, I think that something happens in this moment to where Leo actually calls Tom Hanks' character. And what's interesting is they're both alone. Yeah. You know, like Tom, was it Christmas Eve? Yeah. yeah, Christmas Day. I think it's yeah, Christmas. Christmas Eve, Eve and like Tom Hanks is just sitting by himself, like in a dark, like FBI yep. broad office where he doesn't have his own individual office. At that point, he's like sitting in an open room, and Leo's calling him, and he's alone. And that ultimately, like you see this bond there that like 
almost I mean do you feel like that's the first moment that like you realized that like do you think Leo is actually wanting almost this to end that he's ultimately like wanting to be caught like do you think there's anything that you start seeing in his character that he's like he's okay like he almost wants that to happen when like when he calls or is that just a game to no him? no I don't think that's a game to him I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's either I think that he's always subconsciously looking for that relationship with his father, you know, that fathership relationship. So do you almost see Tom Hanks Absolutely. moving into a father type Absolutely. role? Not almost. I, I do. Okay. Um, I think that's, that's kind of the void in his life that he keeps chasing, you know, cause remember he goes right after that, doesn't he? Or not right after that, but later he goes to his, um, um, his mom's place and then sees that she has like a whole family. Yes. Remember? And so it's, he's, he's still in his heart. He's still a kid that's looking for, mom Family and dad and father, really yeah. <laughs> which I, I know that's kind of like sad and and simple but like really that's that's what i see and i also think that like there's this innocence too so what is it is amy adams is the ultimately yeah, he, i barely recognized her what didn't she have braces <laughs> she, did, <yeah. laughs> she had braces at first something i thought was funny is like she's innocent too it completely so sure. and so he, steven spielberg specifically wanted like when they first kissed for the very first time, like he wanted this to be this moment where you saw just like the innocence of both of them. And so to achieve the way he wanted her to sloppily kiss Leo, he said for her to pretend that she was starving to death and eating a cheeseburger. Um, and, and so like you <laughs> just, you get this like really gross moment. Um, but like, I also think that you watch a guy who's trying to fill a void in his life of a dad. And, but you also see somebody who, I think had I, I think he genuinely thought his parents had a good marriage. It seemed like almost, and he was so shocked when they broke the news to him they were, they were getting divorced mm-hmm. that I almost feel like he feels like that he can pursue this like utopian like really like quick rush relationship thing with like Amy Adams mm-hmm. and like faking to be a, like a doctor. Um, and I, I don't know, like I, I just feel like he is has this childlike idea that he can fix all of these voids. Um, in his life, it doesn't work out though with Amy Adams. You know? <laughs> no, but I will say the most. She brilliant... turned on him, right? Did she... No, no, she didn't turn on him. So basically, where it goes with this is that he ultimately has to rush out of being a fake doctor, and he finds out that from her that her dad is a lawyer, and so then he decides that he will become a part of his firm. Right, and he actually, and I think this is somehow factual, that he passed the bar in two weeks. Yes. And so that's one of the scenes I wanted to show. Colin and when I realized that that was true, like I do think that you're not just dealing with like the innocence of a teenager who thinks oh, it's possible. He's a genius. Yeah. Like, like it's a yeah. Cause he keeps asking him, you know, throughout the movie, like, how'd you, how'd you do it? How how'd did you, you pass, pass the, the bar? bar? And that's one of the like, final says, lines he says to him. How'd you pass the bar? <laughs> it's one of the final lines Tom Hanks says to him is like, yeah. how'd you do it? And he, and he says, I honestly didn't cheat. I just studied for two weeks. I studied for two weeks and passed. And he's like, is that true? And then he ignores that question. Yep. And I was like, that's cool. I like that. Right. Did you find humor in the movie as well? Like, did you find it to be also like, how would you define the genre of this movie? I guess, because I found it to be a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. I love the humor. Yeah. I don't know if I describe it as a comedy, but I like, no, it. I like the, like just the one liners, the like kind of dry humor that just makes you chuckle the whole time. I mean, not to actually quote the movie, but I mean, I did. Sorry, Pastor Finding Humor in this, but like the dry humor of Tom Hanks was hilarious. Like he like he was sitting in the car with these two other FBI agents and he like tells them to shut the F up on that one moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like Tom's character just had like this dry wit about it um, that I just thought was absolutely priceless. And I think there was also humor. The humor that Leo brought was not so much in jokes, but in the way that he fooled everybody. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that and like his attempts to fool sometimes that didn't work. Like <laughs> uh, like with the concur line I mentioned or with um when he tries to be uh he tries to defend himself in a case I remember early on and Ooh. he he watches he's he does it by like he do you remember he, he watched the, he watched yeah, like he court watches scenes some on lawyer TV. on tv and so he's like gentlemen of the jury and he and the judge is like there is no jury yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about well i mean i think that we that it, so as silly as he looked i think it's like we all know what that's like sometimes to like fake it till you make it like i'm trying as much as i can I to impersonate what you, know, you don't really, you do that every day at work oh such I, a good movie Basically, Colin, what she does not turn on him. Oh, Colin, yes, she does turn on him. Basically, what happens is they're supposed to get married, and uh, he tries to get her to, you know, the FBI shows up at the at the wedding or the uh, not a wedding, but like an engagement Engagement party, party, and he skips out and he says, "Hey, meet me at the airport." On this time, whatever, in Miami. Yeah. Because he showed up and he saw the plainclothes cops, right? Yeah. And basically, he saw that she was being, you know, she agreed to be a part of his being captured. Yeah. Um. That's what I was thinking of. And then, so Colin, just to let you know where it goes from there is, I mean, the con doesn't end in America. So, you know, ultimately they're running all through the airport trying to get him and he fools them once again. And I thought that was hilarious. Wait, how did he fool them again? He got all, <laughs> he held like a tryout or like something for all of these like stewardesses. Oh yeah. And so like <laughs> he like held some like random meeting with all these stewardesses and gave a few of them awards to like go oh with God. him on yeah. a flight. And then he walked through the airport surrounded by like attractive waitresses, yeah. stu- you know, stewardesses. He just had sunglasses waitresses. on. And then he just, you know, and the funny thing was is, you know, in the same way that he used his attractiveness to fool people, mm-hmm. he used attractive he stewardesses used to actually yeah. distract That's all the good. FBI agents. <laughs> That's good. And then he gets on a plane and he goes to France. And ultimately the check, you know, business really goes into full swing when he gets to France because he finds like some old right. he buys that. raggedy yeah, machine yep. and actually is printing these things. And, you know, ultimately, long story short, you know, Tom ends up finding him. But do you feel like Tom, you know, he caught wind to come get him. It wasn't just to get him. It was somewhat to save him. Mm. Because in France, like, they were going to. Yeah, because you have to ask yourself, like, after he got after he got caught, um, he's, he's in prison for a while. But um, he says towards the end, like, I, I, I had to fight really hard to get you out of there. Yes. And so it does make you wonder, like, did he do that purely no, he because of his skill, about or do you weird. think? No, I think I mean, was... we talked about how he views him as a father. I think he, you know, yeah. subconsciously started viewing him as a son. No, he chased him yeah. long enough where there he cared. I mean, and I think it was there. almost that moment when he saw Barry Allen, and and I also show the age of I think Tom Hanks. He didn't even know who Barry Allen was, if I remember correctly, or somehow. But like when it clicked to him that this is just a kid, yeah, this is just a kid. I think that he wanted to save him in France. He brings him back on a plane, <laughs> and then he, anyways, he ultimately escapes the plane from getting through the bathroom and somehow like the inner workings of the plane. I don't know how much of this movie is true. Apparently a lot of it is. <laughs> I hope that part's true. But, you know, but, <laughs> but I do think that part shows like the almost everything about this movie was to restore his family. Like his last thing he does is he escapes out of a plane and he goes to what his mom's house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see her. And, but I mean, what you wanted to show Colin, the last scene that he missed, like what, what do you, you've been is like the most moving part of kind of how this movie wraps up at the end. Yeah, to me, it's it's right it's right at the end where he's he's working for the FBI, right, for a yes. while or the fraud department. Well, Tom Hanks convinces his yeah, boss yeah. to have him come in uh, and help determine fraudulent checks. Yeah, but then he's like, it's kind of like he's there, and it's like a day job almost. He's bored. Yeah, and uh, I like the scene where he he's about to leave, and and you know, Carl Tom Hanks he uh, 
he just kind of stops him in that that like hallway. Well, know? I mean, he's about to get on a plane and leave. Yeah, he's about to leave. So he was running away and. There's and they're having this conversation where he's he's walking away from him, not facing him. And uh, Carl is in the background just kind of walking briskly behind him. And they're having this conversation about, you know, like, oh, you, you know, it took me a while to get you out of there. And like, uh, you know, you're going to leave or like, and he's, he's just basically saying, like, I'm done, you know, and I'm leaving. And uh, he lets him leave. Yeah. He says, you can go. No one, you know, you can go. That's fine. But he's like. He's like, you're just going to be back on Monday. And he's like, "How? what makes you so sure I'm going to be back on Monday? And he says, because no one's chasing you. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just that little line where it's like, it's not a, it's not a long, not a lot of dialogue. It's just that one little line. And then he walks away and then they just let you sit with it, you know? And it's like, that's kind of how you, and uh, you know, eventually he's right. It, he does come back. Well, it's it's like, that scene. It's the next day at work or yeah. the weekend or whatever. And then he comes back to work. And I think the subtitles in the end of the movie, like say that, he went on to like be the Frank most. Frank has been happily married for twenty six years. Has three sons. Lives yeah, in the yeah, yeah. with his family. And, and he 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 helped. I mean, he helped them crack like tons of cases. Yeah. And didn't it say like him and like the character of friends of this day yeah, or whatever? Still good friends with Carl. So my my point is he the the reason he the reason he leaves or the reason he was going to leave was because of the chase, you know. And it's not because it's like this drug or this thrill, but it's because he he wants to. He, he kind of needs that, like, bond, you know? Well, I think that their relationship had only been defined as a chase. Yeah. And I think for Tom yeah. to be like, we can actually have a relationship that's not based on this. Mm-hmm. Right. And Absolutely. I, and I think that's awesome. So it's like there's so much subtext in that one scene mm-hmm. um, that's not, like, dialogue. And, and, I, and I love that there's, like, redemption. Um, I don't know. I, I think about criminal justice system, and I don't need to get into all of this, but, like, I... I, I do love the idea that, I mean, like what he did was very wrong. I mean, sure. You sure. Know, he stole millions of dollars, but like, I do love that even though like he was in, you know, he could have just spent the rest of his life in jail. They actually took his gifts and talents and used them for good. Um, which I think is great. Like that's a beautiful story of like, you know, that what you've done does not have to define you for the rest of your life. That, that ultimately like this thing that you did that was bad. Now I can use for good. Um, yeah. I like how the ending shot is them talking about this new, person who who keeps uh this new person who's like who's making checks or whatever and actually what he's doing is he's he's stealing them from people's mailboxes and he's very carefully writing his own name in there with a certain product probably nail polish remover yes Mm. i think that's very interesting when tom's character comes and finds him in france and he's just got checks flying everywhere with this machine i ultimately felt like there was a relief on leo's face that like I don't know. Somebody came I, to get someone me. came to get me. Like yeah. I mean, because like the chase had enough. delayed. He hadn't had interaction with him for a while, and ultimately, like I, I don't know. I feel like he'd come to the place where he realized this whole endeavor failed. Like I have not saved my family. I have not found like romance. Like I'm completely alone in France, and I think he was just almost like, thank God, like this is over. I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's something movie. to that. They're, they're like you know that you don't all you don't want to stay in hiding. There's something freeing about actually like being found found out i don't know yeah but i i just thought it was phenomenal and the reason i think it was so good was that steven spielberg has and i watched jaws the other day and i know this is a crazy confession but like i even saw elements of the craft of steven spielberg is that he can take something like a thriller or some might even say like a horror movie like jaws and he can bring humor and he can also bring depth of relationship where a lot of directors have like a very specific niche. They can only bring emotion or they can only bring well, they can thrills. Only bring one emotion. Yeah. Whereas I feel like catch they me can if bring, you can't. They like, can bring comedy or they can bring fear. Or they yeah. can bring romance. Tension. 
Yeah, or tension in protagonist and antagonist because every scene has one. But like I think that Spielberg, the same thing that worked in Jaws is the same thing that worked in Catch Me If You Can. Like it has all those elements that like really it's like I felt something. I felt like it was an adrenaline rush. I laughed. And I just don't think many directors can consistently pull that off in their career. And and I even if I think about um, even Jurassic Park, I think about Hook, I think about some of these other movies, like it has all those types of characters, which I think kind of mark his director style. I concur. <laughs> I don't know that I could say anything else. I did. I always have to have random trivia. I did think this was fascinating. So um, the blackboard that Tom's character, Carl Hanratty, is writing on toward the end of the movie contains a small note at the bottom that says Stephen and Tom's fourth project. <laughs> and I just love like, is that, is that kind of an Easter egg? Like, like a random thing hidden in a movie? Because they had done Band of Brothers, Saving Private Ryan, and Joe versus the Volcano. Which oh, yeah. Honestly, I, I had no idea that. that Spielberg directed that. <laughs> I didn't know Spielberg did that either. I knew, I knew Hank's Actually, that, I don't know that he directed but... it. might have been production because Band of Brothers was a production of Spielberg. Like, that's a show he produced. I don't know that he directed it. Yeah, kind of like uh, Goonies or. Uh, yeah, because he's produced Back a lot. The future. Yeah, so I don't know that he actually directed. I do not actually think he directed Joe versus the Volcano. I could fact check that. I don't think he did. I either. do not think I that's on I his don't filmography. Think so. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, not to talk too much, but I, I genuinely think anybody that watches this would have a blast. So, Oh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. As somebody who, you know, is coming into this with the least film knowledge, like, it was a very captivating, engaging thing. I really like thinking about what y'all are saying about just Spielberg's ability to capture so many different qualities. Yeah. And I think that's part of what makes it so engaging captiva- and captivating. Whereas, what, what was that stupid movie that won the Grammy? No, Nomadland? Yeah. So like, that didn't have all three of those for you. It did not have No humor. Three. There was no humor in that movie. Emotion? Mm, I mean, she had emotion. I got a little bit of emotion. What about a thrill? There was, there, was, there was negative thrill in that. <laughs> negative thrill? Like, like negative the thrill. inverse of yes, thrill? Yes, whatever the opposite like of like thrill is. In, like, okay. it was, that Nothing's was Nothing's more thrilling than pooping in a bucket. <laughs> I found that to be exhilarating. You've never been in that place before? <laughs> I, I do think something we could think about on our podcast going forward is underappreciated isn't just underseen movies, but like to take like a big directors and say no. like, what, what, what is uh, like this person's a famous director or a famous actor. What's a role that they acted that no one talks about? Well, and then I, I like, I like talking about yeah. like why this movie was good. Yeah. Like, well, I think we just did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we killed it. <laughs> well, me and Colin did. Okay. I don't know about you, but I mean, I at least watched it. <laughs> I watched three quarters <laughs> of it. What were the other two movies we talked about doing, Ben, in the future? Mad so Max. the next one is Mad Max. Oh, Fury Road. To be just, clear, not just Mad Max. Which we no, but we're we're gonna mention Road Warrior and Both Thunderdome. Yeah. Wait. What, which, so which movie am I supposed to watch? Fury Road. Fury Road. Okay. Fury Road. <laughs> you don't need to watch. Um, you do not need to watch the others, but if you want to really you can. step up, it. like hey. We, I will not get picked on as much if I watch said movies. <laughs> Certain iconic Don't movies. Don't watch the first one, though. It's so bad. It's not good. But Wait, so right. I th- but all I thought all, the first one's always the best. No. Road true. Warrior is better. It's awesome. There's an exception to every rule, which I will actually talk about in that podcast. Empire Strikes Back is better than A New Hope, even though Ben doesn't think anything's good Star Wars. So um, That's not true. The old ones are good. Temple of Doom is not better than Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's good in its own way, though. I think The Clone Wars is the best Star Wars movie. I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. I know. What's another trilogy? Oof. I love Lord of the Rings. Is Two Towers the best? No, see, that that Lord of the Rings is like each one is just as good. Woo! Like, they're all great. I agree with that statement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're all just so good. What are the trilogies? Jaws? 
No, no. That, <laughs> That's not a Steven Spielberg, I was researching this. <laughs> One of his greatest regrets of his career was that he released control of that franchise. Yeah, that would be mine too. Yeah, like... <laughs> That's also, I don't know dish. if you know this, but Steven Spielberg, last note on Steven Spielberg was that him and Lucas were friends and Jaws and A New Hope were being directed around the same year. And both of them thought their movies were trash. They did That's not, funny. They did not think either one, like, because they're like new film guys in the whole film school wave of the 70s, like Francis Ford Coppola, like Scorsese, they're all friends. And like, they're just trying to get projects off the ground and they both thought it was going to flop. And so they each made a bet. They said, okay, look. Whoever, whichever movie has like the most, but like, so basically Spielberg bet that, um, Star Wars would actually make more movie, make more money in the box office that year than Jaws and, and George Lucas was like, no way. And ultimately Star Wars did make more money or something. And basically as a result, the way the bet worked was he has like a 1% ownership in Star Wars. Hmm. And so basically every single year, just on royalties of everything that is Star Wars Steven Spielberg has made like 1%, which is insane amounts of money because of a silly bet the two of them made back That's in the day funny. on which guy's film would make more money. So. That's funny. You excited about Boba Fett? I'm very excited about Boba Fett. Yeah, it looks good. I might watch it. Yes. I got to get caught up on all the new Marvel movies. I haven't seen any of them. Mm. Yes. I didn't even know they're still making those. <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you quit at phase one? So. All right. Uh, you want to do an outro? Well... I don't ever do these. It's been great, guys. Well, we got a great. We, Catch we, we didn't. Can. We didn't. We didn't rate it, the movie. Sleazy. We got to rate the movie. Why do we have to rate the movie? I don't know. I give it. I give it four columns. I, I give it twelve Stanley Nichols. I give it five out of five stars. I don't know what Stanley Nichols are and how many twelve equal out of how many. But it's from the Office. Oh, oh, do you like the Office? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you liked the Office. Everybody I love the office. the office. All right, everybody. Till next time. Peace. Peace.